Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is. So they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. And welcome in, everybody, to another episode of the High Low Sports Podcast. We've been doing our NFL division-by-division breakdowns, and we are now coming down to our final set of divisions, the AFC West and the NFC West, usually some of the two more competitive divisions you will find out there as well. It is DJ joined, as always, by my co-host, Kelsey. And, Kelsey, we've had a couple of Super Bowl representatives from the last handful of years in these games as well, too whether it be the Chiefs or the 49ers. There's been plenty. We've seen a lot of Super Bowl participants in these divisions, and you got to wonder if they, we will see a continuation of that as well. The, the, the Rams, it feels like the last four years, someone from this division has been in the Super Bowl. Yeah, I mean, this has been kind of a crazy last couple of years for the Chiefs, especially, you know, Chiefs, Rams, both both from the West, obviously, one AFC, one NFC, uh, mm-hmm. making it. But you look at it again this year, I mean, look at the AFC West and how they've reloaded. It's kind of insane. Look at the NFC West, and it's just like, well, it's pretty top heavy with the, you know a couple teams out there. The Rams still being number one at the, uh, in, in you know, it, it seems, and then you have the Cardinals still there, seemingly getting better with Kyler. Will he actually have a good performance? We don't know. Can he stay off the Xbox long enough to learn his playbook? We don't know yet. Um, and then you still have the, the the conundrum that is the 49ers. I mean, what are they going to do? What are they going to look like? And then. Maybe those Seahawks might sneak in on somebody here and there. So you just never know with that <laughs> NFC West. So it's going to be very interesting uh, as we as we talk about the both of these divisions because I I don't know. Maybe we do see one of these two in 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 a, in a Super Bowl, one of the, a team from one of these two divisions, or maybe we see a team from both divisions. Absolutely. And by the way, I did just check. It has been four consecutive years a team from one of the West has been in the Super Bowl, including that 2019 when we saw the Niners and the Chiefs face each other as well, too. So we have a lot to get into today. Before we get rolling, I do want to give a quick shout out to a couple of our fortunate sponsors. We'll start with Dr. Squatch. Smell like a man. Feel like a champion. Click the link in our bio. Get a bunch of different wonderful scents and smells, whether it be soap or deodorant. Always a pleasure to work with them as well, too. And you know what? They Their stuff may smell great, but there's going to be some teams in here that are kind of stinkers, I imagine. I feel like there's a lot of competitive teams, but someone's when you play this many good teams, somebody's going to have to get the short end of the stick. And you know what, Kelsey? I think we should start with the NFC West, and I'm kind of curious what you have in mind, too. I'm going to let you go and go first with the NFC West because I, I know you got a little something cooked up. Uh, you know, I maybe have a little little something-something here cooked up. Um, but, yeah, all right. I'll go ahead and get started with the NFC West. It's going to be – it might surprise the people. It honestly probably won't surprise a lot of people in the way it, feel, it feels out, but the records might, might actually be the one that surprises some people some more. So at number four, at the bottom of the division, I mentioned him in the intro. Might sneak up on some people, might not. I don't have him sneaking up on anybody. The Seahawks sitting there at the bottom of the division. Five and 12, though, so not as bad as a lot of people are projecting with their questionable quarterback carousel. 
Um, is it going to be Drew Locke? Is it going to be Geno Smith? With Drew Locke getting COVID, it kind of looks like Geno has the edge now. Then you have the running back room. So many questions in that running back room right now on what, they, what they're going to do long-term. We don't know. Is it going to be Kenneth Walker? Will they go with a young rookie? Will it be DJ Dallas, who seems to be kind of carrying the, ho- the workload during the preseason? We don't know yet. Will it be somebody else? We don't know. We'll never figure that out. And then on top of that, well, you have talented receivers. You have a talented pass catcher, the tight end. Can you figure out a way to get them involved? And will Quandre Jakes continue to be the be- biggest standout on that defense with nothing else around him? We don't know. This is obviously Jamal Adams still can't catch a ball that hits him in the face. I digress. But <laughs> this the Ox team is, is unfortunately, it's a team that is going to be just right now. You, you got to figure out the quarterback situation. I do have faith in Drew Locke. I do think Drew Locke could go out there and win them as many as seven, eight games. I just still don't like this defense, no matter which way you cut it. This defense, the offensive line, neither one looks good. So that's kind of the biggest issue here. Uh, Drew Locke or Gino doesn't really matter to me. Uh, but yeah, it's gonna it's gonna really it does it's just not even gonna look good because the defense is gonna be just not great, and that's that's the biggest issue with the Seahawks team is their defense just isn't really great. Obviously, yeah. Shelby Harris the, that pickup is is helpful, not great though. Not quite enough. My one question for you is: you answered the Drew Law question as, do you think this is Pete Carroll's final season in Seattle, or do you think he continues after this, whether it's a fire or just decides to step away? If this team manages to get a winning record, no, it's not his final season. But if this team does what I'm predicting, the 5-12, and 12, maybe even worse, well, especially if it's worse. If it's worse, he's definitely out. 5-12, um, and 12, he's gonna he's still going to be out, but it's like it's going to be less of a, well, that was expected. It's going to be more of a, oh, okay, well, all right. You know, if you decide, if you choose to, coach, like, that's fine. Um, but, yeah, I, I, yeah he's, I, I think – Overwhelming odds is he yeah, this is probably his last season. I'd say I give it a 75 percent chance that that he he retires. He leaves the Seahawks after the season. Maybe not retires, but he definitely leaves the Seahawks after the season. Absolutely. And they do still have some picks finally recuperated from that Jamal Adams trade. They got some in the Russell Wilson trade. So at least if they're gonna build forward, they got at least they got something to work with. So Seahawks bringing up the rear, how time flies. It feels like just yesterday they were the Legion of Boom and the next great dynasty. And here we are. Granted, it has been almost 10 years, but it feels like yesterday for my old <laughs> aging self. So, so yeah. carrying up the rear is the Seahawks. Who do we have sitting at number three? So number three, I'm going to head down the uh, Pacific Coast Highway there a little bit and go straight to San Francisco. Um, and that's number three. Give me the Niners. I, I have been adamant about Trey Lance is not your guy. Uh, there's something fishy about the fact that Jimmy Garoppolo wasn't even given a trade approval like approval to seek a trade until the first week of preseason that is a little weird to me considering everybody knows you're getting rid of them everybody knows you couldn't pay Debo until you decided to get rid of them and then you finally pay Debo right before preseason starts and then you're like okay now you can go search and trade like why wasn't this done earlier in the offseason what happened that Trey Lance your number three overall pick is a question mark to this point. I don't know what's going on, but I don't think Trey Lance is your guy. And I don't think that now Kyle Shanahan is fully comfortable with, with, with Trey Lance. And I think if Jimmy doesn't get traded in the near future, maybe to a team like Cleveland, potentially, I I don't think if he doesn't get traded by preseason, I think he starts. I still stand by that. I still think Jimmy Garoppolo starts come come week one if he's still on this team. He's just still your best option. This team succeeds with him. Let's not forget, it's not his fault Emmanuel Sanders stopped on his route in the Super Bowl. Emmanuel Sanders not stopping on that route 
wins them a Super Bowl. Okay. All right. You know so, what? That, that, yeah. that's, so are you saying that he's not your guy for just this year? Or are you thinking just he's like, it was a bad number three pick period? I just don't think, I don't, I haven't seen enough from him. To, I, again, we're talking about a guy who threw 70 less times than he ran the ball in college. So I mean, we're talking about a guy who has zero, it, literal, legitimately, you might as well just count this up as zero passing experience against professional caliber receivers. Because even in the, when he's come in, he's just really been a gadget run guy. He hasn't really sat here and, and, and chucked it up. Now he did, did very well in his performances last season when he was actually healthy. But then he got, or he got injured on a run. How many, how many more times is that going to happen? And I, I worry about that, you know, down the road and see, you know, how that's going to work out and, and everything. But it's, yeah, this 49ers team, they also have more problems on defense, but that's neither here nor there right now. The, the quarterback situation is really where I look at. You got to worry about that. You have, so I have to worry about your safeties a little bit right now too. But your number one issue is your quarterback. Again, that's going to be your number one issue, just like it is in Seattle. Your number one issue is going to be figuring out that quarterback situation for sure. So. Oh. That's that'll be that'll be kind of the deciding factor. Do you think this is just a down year for them, and then they could bounce back as Trey Lance gets like seventeen games of experience or so, or do you think this might be a concerning thing that that particulates down a few seasons? I think as long as Trey Lance doesn't get in his head about it, I think this is a situation where you, you know, kind of we talked about with Justin Fields last year. If Justin Fields gets thrown out to the Wolves, can he avoid falling into that mental pitfall? If he avoids that mental pitfall from struggling this season, I think he could. And and I, I don't have him st- like obviously I have the forty. I don't think I even said the record. Forty nine ers going eight and nine. At, you know, so it's not like it's like bad. Yeah, it's just not enough to get you over the hump, get you over five hundred, get you into a playoff situation. And I think that's you know with Trey Lance, it it could be detrimental because I mean forty nine ers fans are fickle. Uh, you know, you don't win. They're all stuck on Joe Montana, Steve Young, Colin Kaepernick. One his one great season. Alex Smith getting them to the playoffs, they're still stuck on like squeaking their way into playoffs, even though they didn't deserve it. And so if you don't make the playoffs and you're and the 49ers fans are going to be on you just real quickly. I mean, look what they did to Jimmy Garoppolo for Emmanuel Sanders, not running on his route. Like I can't stop saying that enough. And you know, it's, he did that without a running back core as well, but as well, they were all injured. So, you know, and, and if you don't make the playoffs, you're going to have to avoid that, that the off season pitfall. And if Trey Lance can avoid that, those mental situations, I do mm-hmm. think, He'll be fine, but it's all a mental game at that point in time. It's you know this season's going to kind of suck for Niners fans, but again, mentally, if they can keep it together, next season will be a lot better. Bad times down by the Bay ahead, so at least two teams taken to the air that are left with the Cardinals and the Rams. So looks like we had two teams that fighting for the division lead last year. You have them once again fighting at the top. Who do you have sitting at number two? Uh, yeah, so number two, I actually have the Cardinals. I'm um, going eleven and six. Uh, in this one, I have Kyler Murray looking pretty good throughout most of the season. Again, he'll take a three-game hiatus at some point in time, hmm. just because he always seems to just disappear. Um, but yeah, I, I do think this Cardinals team. Look, you bring in Hollywood Brown, you don't really lose a whole lot. That uh, I mean, your worst loss is Christian Kirk, and you replace him with Hollywood Brown. I feel pretty good about that. I feel great about that, actually. Let's be honest. Um, and you get another year of Isaiah Simmons. You get another year of Zayvon Collins. Who, if anything's to learn from this Arizona defense. Give a give a young rookie a year under your a, a, a year where he's like uh, maybe I'm not great, and the next year he's going to be fantastic. I mean that's what happened with Isaiah Collins. Now you get another year of Isaiah Collins on top of what you just built last season, which is going to be even better. And Zayvon Collins this year is going to be. I mean if he follows that trend, that's going to be fantastic to watch. You, you I mean you still have Buda Baker, 
who was just an absolute tackling force back there. And by the way, he still knows how to pick the ball off. Um, he knows how to use his hands. Your corners, you do need some work in your corners. Byron Murphy is not going to do all the work for you, but he, he does a good enough job as a number one corner. Um, you probably do need to maybe look at uh, getting a veteran in there. But the offense still looks good. The offensive line looks looks good. It could, it could make its way through. Rodney Hudson's still going to lead the way. As I stand by what I said last year when he got injured, as long as Rodney Hudson's in this, he is a comfort blanket for Kyler to help point out some of the, the, the blitzes and things that come in from defenses. Um, so that definitely helps Zach Ertz with a full season under his belt now with this Cardinals team. That's going to be an added benefit as well. So this Cardinals team is going to be very strong, but I have them struggling in division, which is why they finished second. I have them going three and three in the division. Um, so that's going to be why they end up here second place in the division. But again, 11 and six, still good enough for a playoff berth, but not good enough to get over the number one seed. Absolutely. Definitely a fantastic potential season for Missoula too. And bringing in Trey McBride. It definitely offers a little bit of versatility with some of those offense packages as well too. So we have a repeat champion in the NFC West by the sounds of you have the Rams taking the division yet again, following up off of last year, following their Super Bowl run to take the top of the division. Yeah. Yeah. No, I have the Rams going 12 and five. Um, this one's six and oh in the division. They just absolutely run ruckshaw in, in this division. The biggest reason you add Bobby Wagner. I mean, I'm sorry. Like, yeah, okay, you lost you lost Von Miller. Oh no, how sad who to that you lost a guy that didn't really do anything for you in the regular season last year, anyways. Um, but you add in one of the greatest tackling middle linebackers in the game still. He may be a little older, he may be a little slower. The man still knows how to get in between tackles and get to the running back. Oh, and by the way, he still knows how to blitz he has added blitzing on a passing down into his repertoire of something that he's still fantastic with. So if you need him to come come straight up the middle on a, on a delayed blitz, he can do that as well, which is going to be absolutely devastating when you get somebody like Kyler Murray and you have your bookends holding him in the middle and then all of a sudden, or holding him to the holding him inside the pocket, and then you have Bobby Wagner coming out of nowhere right up the middle to sack Kyler. Like that's going to be a benefit of having having Bobby Wagner. Plus, he does great in coverage. Still, he still can read and address defense, uh, read and address what the offense is going to do. So I think he overall improves this defense much more than anything they lost. Um, and again, this offense fully healthy, obviously yeah, the addition of Allen Robinson, the loss of, of, of Bobby Woods, you know, Robert Woods, uh, that's, that sucks. Uh, but you do get Allen Robinson who I think overall, I might consider a better overall receiver, but for this offense, we'll have to, this is a wait and see situation in this offense, but you still have the number one receiver from last year. The guy who set an all time receiving season, or like a benchmark for what looks like an all time receiving season. And Cooper Cup, I, I mean, it's hard for me to look at this team and not say they could they could possibly go seventeen and zero. But let's be realistic: no team goes seventeen and zero. So I give them twelve and five because they do have a tough 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 schedule in there. There are, there are some games that they could easily lose, um, but definitely not in their division. And I think that the running back core, especially Cam Akers being healthy, look, this man was a freak of nature last year with a torn Achilles, coming back way too soon. Now he's fully healthy. Mm. Give me those. Give me those numbers right there. Give me that those odds with Cam Akers. So give me uh, give me the Rams taking this division here, uh, the NFC West, and then they will also obviously see themselves in the playoffs with that number uh, with that number one in the West seed. So they actually don't end up number one in the in the in the NFC, but they they have a nice draw. Let's just put it that way. All right. So my only question for you, really quickly, to wrap up the NFC West is. Are you concerned a little bit about Stafford's injury, like that throwing arm injury that's basically sitting him out of preseason and mild concerns about week one? 
I mean, no. <laughs> safe, safe to say no is the answer. And the reason why is because we've seen Matthew Stafford play with a dislocated shoulder. We've seen him play with a broken jaw. We've seen him play with three broken ribs. We've seen him play with a hyperextended throwing elbow. We've seen him play with a broken thumb on his throwing hand. I mean, at this point in time, if the one person that, I, that, I, that is injured is Matthew Stafford in any way, shape, or form, I am the least worried about it because, and especially with the way this offense is set up, this offense is, is not set up to have the big play offense. Like, like last year, they set, they, they set it up for some big plays with Deshaun Jackson, with OBJ coming in, with these, these burners going down the sidelines. This season, it's based off Cooper Cup and Allen Robinson, who, let's be fair, their best talents are intermediate and short. Like, they are fantastic in a box against a, against a DB. And I like to see those two just kind of fight with a DB and, and let Matthew Stafford throw it to him. And you don't need more than a 20-yard arm for those situations. So am I worried long-term? Maybe. If this continues through week five, week six, but short-term right now, no, I'm not worried about it yet. But if this is still a problem come week five, week six, then you get a little nervous. But, it's definitely no yeah, spring right chicken. Hmm. Yeah, it's definitely no spring chicken. So hopefully he doesn't have to do it too many though. So go and give us a quick recap of your NFC West, how, how it lays out. Yeah, so from the bottom up, NFC West is going number four. You got the Seattle Seahawks bringing up the rear at five and 12. Finishing third in the division is the 49ers at eight and nine. Just Trey Lance not really pulling, being able to pull this one out. Number two in the division, finishing in a playoff spot, the Cardinals getting that wild card at 11 and six, and the Rams finishing top of the division at 12 and five, led by, I'm going to say Cam Akers most of the season and Matthew Stafford. Okay. Yeah, I like it as well, too. It's a, it seems very, uh, seems like the odds on consensus for a lot of people, too, is the Rams going, is taking the division as well, too. And it's hard not to argue with them when they bring back just about everybody they had. The one player they didn't bring back, well, he was injured, and they brought in Bobby Wagner on top of it. Like, they're yeah. absolutely loaded. So for me, the NFC West, I'm going to start from the bottom and work my way up as well, too. Starting at the bottom, I got the Seattle Seahawks also at the bottom as you. I have them going 4-13. and 13. I think It's going to be really, really rough. You mentioned that quarterback situation is a mess. I'm hoping the receiver thing doesn't turn into an issue with them not getting the ball at all. It doesn't turn into, well, we're 0-4 or something like that. Then they deal away Tyler Lockett or something like that or, yeah. or any situation like that. Hopefully no fan can get rolling defensively that – it's a rebuild year. You just traded away Bobby Wagner too, who while he's on the downside of his career, he was still like that locked in. Like he was that, that guy in your defense. He was the captain. Jordan Brooks is nice. I like him a lot. He's going to be a good player, but they just need more good players. That's really all it is. Like the draft that this last draft wasn't good for a first year of a rebuild. It would have been good for like the second or third year. Just add on those final pieces like Charles Cross, Kenneth Walker, those type of players really good, but they're not ones that put you over the hump right away. So they're looking this next year after one more draft to maybe surprise some people. So four and 13, a bit of a rough one for the Seahawks. And to kind of answer my own question from earlier, I don't think Pete Carroll goes out after this year. I think he sticks it through one more year for that exact same reason. It's, and it's also the competitiveness of like, well, we dealt Russell. I want to win this breakup quote unquote. Cause we know Pete Carroll has a little bit of that side in him as well too. He's like, you know, give me one more year when I can get my guy at quarterback, not Drew Locke and his issues we've seen so far in the NFL and Geno Smith, which, Enough said. We've seen enough Geno Smith. Like neither one of those are quite their guys, as you could tell. So I think he's going to go one more year after this, regardless. You know, Geno Smith up until he played the Steelers last season. At that time, he had the uh, same exact record as Baker Mayfield had, Um, and he had a better he had a better passing percentage than Baker Mayfield had at that point in time. Um, My point exactly. Anyways, (laughs) anyways, I digress. Uh, But so so I guess that means that you are not on the Drew Lock train this year. 
yes, I have to see it. I just he's not even able to practice right now. Like it's a quarterback competition that reports where Geno Smith had the edge, and now Drew Locke's not even able to participate in it. Like that's not a good sign. Like at least with Baker and Sam Darnold, you heard it was best man's gonna win. Then you heard like, all right, it's close. Oh, Baker's starting to separate. Oh, Baker has a job. We heard something because yeah. they're both competing. This one, Drew Locke basically was out of the race as soon as it started. As soon as he kind of like nudged just a little bit behind, he was gone. So. I feel like this one's going to, he's probably going to play this year. I'm not saying he won't play. I don't think either one of those guys is holding a starting job. We might even see Jacob Beeson make an appearance. I was about like, to ask think, you, do you think it's Jacob Beeson's season at the I end think of the we're gonna see, I think we're going to see a nice little carousel, kind of like we saw with the Bears last year as well, too, but not due to injury, just due to, okay, somebody has to get out there and do something. Like that. So I think we're going to see, I think we're going to see a minimum of three quarterbacks for the Seahawks this year. And it's going to be, a, it's going to be a little bit rough for him moving forward. A minimum of three. So we might, you're saying we might see four. You never know. It's a goofy stuff has happened. I'm saying three without injuries. If you throw an injury in there, we might see four. Like they okay. might bring in a free agent. They might bring somebody up. I don't know. Maybe they have somebody. You know how Pete Carroll's Russell Wilson started after they gave Matt Flynn like $20 million. So That's maybe fair. there's somebody yeah. else he just randomly brings in. as like, get out there. Get out there, Captain. I don't know. Maybe they you call know. Jack Cohen over there from the, from the Colts practice squad. You, see, you never know exactly. It's the Seahawks. You never you never can rule it out. So Seahawks bring up the rear at 4-13. and 13. Number three, I also have San Francisco 49ers. And weirdly enough, I have a worse conclusion, but better optimism for Trey Lance. So I have him going five and twelve. I think it's going to be a rough season for him. It's, I think Trey Lance is going to show a lot of promise. I don't think he's going to be garbage. But as you mentioned, this is your first time truly starting. The offense, the keys are being handed over to you, according to the Shanahan's. Like you're getting the keys to the truck. It's a, there's a learning curve in there as well too. You got a lot around you that's really really nice. It's ready to go now, but. He, unless he can learn really quickly on the fly, because you mentioned he doesn't have a lot of college experience either. I'm not saying I don't think he'll be bad. I think he's a starting quality quarterback, but this is effectively your rookie year. And you didn't come in with like a deep pedigree, like a Mac Jones who had that full season in the SEC all the way national championship, all that Justin Fields, multiple years, Trevor Lawrence, basically the was the crown jewel since he was 13 years old. Like some of his other competition mates in that quarterback class, they had experience as well too, where he's coming in eight, was it like 13 games in college, something like that altogether, like one full season in a game. And then last year, a game where he got injured and was used kind of as miscellaneous quarterback as well. I don't think he'll be bad. I think he'll have a lot of good moments, but I think they're just going to lose a lot of close games too. Plus, they play the AFC West and their own division. Like, there's a lot of tough games in there. They get no breaks. I think it's going to be a rough season for the 49ers. I think Jimmy Garoppolo, as you mentioned, if he's not traded, it'll make things kind of unusual. Jimmy G's a consummate professional, it feels like, so it won't be a, a big deal. But internally, I think it could affect things. And we saw last time they had a good playoff run. The next year they fell off a little bit too. After 2019, 2020, they kind of took a step back. Granted, a lot of injuries that year, but still, it's, I imagine taking a little step back before taking that step forward as well. So 49ers, a rough, is a 5 and 12 is not as painful as it sounds, if that makes sense. There's going to be a lot of close games that lose bike a possession or two or something like that. No, that's fair. Okay. All right. That's respectable, though. I, 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 it's interesting that, that you're, you're, you're higher on Trey Lance with a worse performance. I think that's, that's very interesting. I think he's going to look good. I just don't think he's going to, he's not going to make a whole lot of difference in the grand scheme of things as well, too. I think he's, it's effectively like his rookie year and he's in a loaded situation that will make him look good. But how often do you see a quarterback come into a really great situation, propel them even better over the veteran quarterback they just left? Like there's a learning curve there and it's because he has so little experience, even going back to college. I'm a little reluctant. I think no, the following year, everyone's going to write them off and then they're going to go like 12 and five or something like that. It's kind of the 49ers under the Shan- under Kyle Shannon and their trajectory. Really bad this one year. Everyone thinks they're bad. Then they go to the Super Bowl. Everyone expects on a repeat. They drop off. 
draft a quarterback. We expect it to be a mess. They get, they come within a dropped interception of the Super Bowl again. So it's history has taught us anything. They're going to drop down this year. Everyone's going to ride them off in the following year if they're going to surprise everybody. So visit me in one year if I don't have the 49ers winning at least 10 games. Then there was something awfully wrong this year and it wasn't just a record. So a bit of a rough one down by the bay for me as well, too. But weirdly enough, a little more optimistic than yours, as weird as that turns out as well. So that'll take me now to. Number two, I have the Arizona Cardinals, and I too have you have them at number two, but I'm having them a little bit rougher. I have them going nine and eight. And the reason I have them a little bit lower is I'm worried Hollywood Brown's gonna get suspended or something's gonna happen with that with the driving charges he recently got as well, too. I don't know for sure, but we'll have to wait and see. D hop missing six games, that's a little how's he going to come back from that as well, too? Like I want we kind of saw down the stretch last year after he came back from the injury. A little hit and miss, I think it's safe to say. Like he wasn't quite D hop again. So I'm curious to see how he bounces back from that. You did, you kept James Conner. That's great, but you also lost Chase Edmonds. I'm curious to see how they supplement like that second running back to go with James Conner. I like the Zach, Zach Ertz and Trey McBride duel if they do use both of them at the same time, especially. But as you mentioned, the defensively, there's a lot of Buda Baker's fantastic top five safety. Isaiah Simmons, a, a young emerging versatile weapon. Hopefully Zayvon Collins can follow trend, but, uh, JJ Watt's your best guy out in the front line, and he's kind of older, we could say. Still a fantastic Hall of Fame player, but he's old and his body is deteriorating at a rapid pace. So we got to see how much he could play and how well he plays. Yeah. Who else really kind of stands out there, though? Okay, corner you mentioned, they're okay, but no no one stands out as a you got they don't have Patrick Peterson back there again. So and you have right, yeah. division with Cooper Cup. What was that, sir? I was like, yeah, you're exactly right. They don't have Patrick Peterson. Or even even the ghost of Patrick Peterson at this point. Exactly. And you have to deal with Cooper Cup, Allen Robinson, plus the AFC West receivers with Mike Williams, Devontae Adams, Keenan Allen. That I can go on and on and on with that one. We're gonna go on and on about that later. But there's too many they're good at some spots, but they're not quite good at the right spots for their schedule and their vision. So I think they're gonna be nine and eight. I think Kyler Murray is going to show why he got the contract, though. I think he's going to have a lot of really, really good moments. And I think it's just kind of gonna get a little washed away. But I think people that watch the game will be like, Okay, we see why I paid him. And I think he's going to say mostly healthy. I think at most he misses a game, maybe two. But I think, I don't think we'll be making as many, uh, well, we'll still make the whole, you know, he should have studied more jokes. It's inevitable. And the Cardinals did him dirty with that. But I don't think it'll be too bad. I think he'll have a lot of positive highlight moments, but it'll still be a rough nine and eight season for the Cardinals. If, if they could have played any, if they did not play the AFC West too, all of these teams would probably get another two wins. But it's a rough sledding for these bottom three teams in the AFC West. As good at teams as they are, they're unfortunately playing the best division in football where all the, or all those teams are probably division winners and 90% of the other divisions. Okay. So no Cardinals in the playoffs is what I'm hearing. They just, unfortunately, you know what, actually, let me, let me double check for you. Cause I think I actually am sneaking in as a wild card. We'll know for sure next week, but yeah, let's just say they're in that mix for that six, seven seed. I'll, I'll we'll reveal the final spots tomorrow, but they are in that mix at six and seven in the six, seven seed okay. mix. Okay. All right. That works. I, I, I just had to ask cause you were super down on them right there. That was like, Wow, I was um, not expecting them to make the playoffs type of down. I'm more or less down on their team that historically starts out of the gates running with like 7-0, and 6-2s, and all that sort of thing. But you're missing D-Hop for those first six games, and Hollywood Brown might miss some time during then as well too, or we'll have to see how that plays out as well. And defensively, you don't quite have the horses that you used to. So I'm worried they're going to start a 3-3, three and three, have their like midseason slump, but then somehow get on a run at the back end as well too. So I'm really curious just to see how things play out. But I do think Kyler is going to ball out in the chances that he gets. So. Give me the Cardinals sitting there at number two in the division at nine and eight. And just like you, not much of a surprise. The Rams absolutely loaded. Somehow got a little bit better. You did lose Von Miller. That's a bit of a loss. You bring in Bobby Wagner. 
You lose Odell Beckham Jr., who was fantastic for you down the stretch. You bring in Allen Robinson, who's going to come in with the biggest chip on his shoulder ever after being chastised in Chicago, basically, and just left there to die, more or less. He's going to come out guns ablazing, I think. I expect him to look out for Allen Robinson. That, I, think every, I think everyone's kind of in agreement that would look out for Allen Robinson. You mentioned Cam Akers. The offensive line's a little more shaky. You lose Andrew Whitworth. You didn't do a whole lot to upgrade it, but I think Sean McVay and them will scheme around it. I'm a little more concerned about Stafford than you are just because he's not a spring chicken anymore. I'm worried like mm-hmm. these, all those injuries he's played for, unfortunately they're going to compound here, but look at the schedule. The Rams are still going to go 12 and five. They're still going to win the division. I have them spoiler finishing out as the three seed as well too. So they're still going to be fine. There's just, maybe it's not all paradise and la la land, but still 12 and five for the Rams, uh, still quality season. It'd be, it'd take that Stafford injury being a lot more serious or a string of other injuries, I think to stop them from winning this division. Okay. All right. All right. I respect it. Look, this, this, this Rams team, I think it's very interesting. I mean, how do you think, I guess when it comes down to it, what is your actual thoughts on Allen Robinson? Do you think he's going to be, do you think he's going to be a quality number two? Do you think he can settle into that number two role? Or do you think he's going to kind of push Cooper cup for, for that one role? Or will he even be a solid number two? Will he even be like, could he be worse? I think he'll be, he'll prove to be a number one on a lot of other teams this next year. Cooper Cup is one of the, is still that dude, but he's going to see a lot more double teams. And Al Robinson is going to feast on that when they double team him because he's Cooper Cup's not surprising people this year either. Not that he really surprised people last year, but last year he had like 140 catches, I think it was. He's like fifth all time in a season or something ridiculous like that. So I think Al Robinson's going to show a lot of people like, if you leave me one on one with your backup corner, I'm going to cook him. If you put a five foot nine backup second corner on me, I'm going to, I'm going to eat. And I think they're going to show that, and it's going to open things up for Cooper. I think he's going to be like an, an enhanced version of what Bobby Trees and Odell have been the last couple of years as well, too. Similar to what they do, but not quite as explosive as Odell, but more explosive than Robert Woods. A little more healthy and a little more versatile than Odell was, if that makes sense as well, too. Like, he's going to be a nice mix in between them to make it work. So enough. so we won't see we won't see three years ago, A-Rob, but we'll see. We won't see the one that got paid from Jacksonville where Blake Bortles just threw it up to every single play and it worked. We won't quite see that one, but he'll be better than the last few years we've seen where they just couldn't really get him the ball. Okay. All right. I guess that's and quarterback play and offensive. That was a whole mess in Chicago. He'll show that it was not his fault why it wasn't working there. I gotcha. And then just so, okay, that means obviously Cooper Cup faces double team uh, and Allen Robinson faces the, the backup corner. Do you think Tyler Higby plays a bigger role this season? I think we'll see a lot of Tyler Higby. I think you mentioned Cam Akers. I think they're going to find a like a backup running back that's going to get some burn too. And they got a couple of young like rookie receivers. They still have Tutu Atwell from last year as well too, a surprise guy. Like I think we're we're going to see. It won't be like the Super Bowl where when Odell went out as Cooper Cup or bust. I think we're going to see a few of those other guys step up with Allen Robinson too. So I think it's going to be a well-oiled machine again, closer to the Jared Goff playoff runs than last year, where it was very much bombs away, Stafford leading the way. I think they're, it's going to tone back just a little bit built around that run game as well too because they got that offensive line's good but it's not going to be as stalwart and the best way to help an offensive line is to run the ball straight forward it's easier to run block than it is the pass block so i think we're gonna see the utilization kind of like todd Gurley and jared goff those rams teams which still got to a super bowl nonetheless too like that's still a real there's a, that's why they're still going to go 12 and 5 it just won't be quite as eye candy if you will Oh, that's fair. So, so, so maybe Daryl Henderson comes in, comes in, and, and makes himself that that number two back. Like he, well, I mean, let's be fair. He was number one A or one B at at certain points last year. Exactly. So, like they'll they'll find a way to work it out. So to recap, my NFC West, I got the Seahawks at the bottom four and thirteen. I got the Forty ers a rough five and twelve at number three. The Cardinals at nine and eight, making a push for a wild card spot. 
and the Rams repeating as division champions, sitting at 12 and five at the top of the NFC West. So a competitive division that unfortunately the records are going to kind of split it right down the middle as well. So that'll do it for the NFC West predictions for us as well, too. Now we get to switch over to the one I think a lot of us have been waiting for. All the football fans have been waiting for is the AFC West, arguably on paper, the pinnacle of the football divisions this year. And before we get into that, I just want to give a quick shout out to our friends at over in the clutch apparel as well. Click the link in our bio, use code Hilo sports, get yourself some high quality sporting gear. That's not like, not like most others you will see as well too. So you definitely don't want to miss out on that. So lucky land casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky, lucky in line at the deli, I guess. Aha. In my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready. Heading into the AFC West now, Kelsey, when I let you go and take it away, how do we have the AFC West shaping out? You know, the, just the look on your face, I feel like you're about to spit either some blasphemy or some cold hard truth that nobody wants to hear. Well, yeah, this is going to be some cold hard truth I don't think anybody wants to hear. I don't think you um, want to say it. Yeah, I probably don't want to say mm-hmm. this, honestly. I might have a whole section of the country come come fight mm-hmm. me right now. Um, so number four, the only team out of this division that I have not making the playoffs. And they don't make the playoffs by a long shot. And it's the Denver Broncos. The new look Denver Broncos with Sierra's husband at quarterback, the man that a lot of people have a lot of faith in. I've loved since he was at NC State, but unfortunately, he fell too far in love with the let's just stand back there for 10 seconds and throw a deep ball every play. Um, because, well, he had the luxury to do so because he had DK Metcalf and he had Tyler Lockett, who he has a mental connection with. Doesn't throw to tight ends, doesn't use his offensive blocking schemes like he should he just basically says hey go block for 10 seconds i'll figure it out i'll run around uh actually throws for a worse passing percentage d in a deep ball ball throwing the most deep balls in the nfl and it's just gonna get worse you lose your best deep ball receiver in tim patrick this season we still don't know about jerry judy we still don't know if jerry judy is that dude can become that dude or will become that bust. We still don't know because of the, the knee injury last year. Let's not forget Cortland Sutton coming off another big injury last year. Can he stay healthy for a whole season? KJ Hamler was injured last year as well. Can he stay healthy this year to be able to play any meaningful time to fill in for Tim Patrick? Um, you lose a tight end. Albert O is going to be your tight end this year. A guy whose name none of us can pronounce his last name because he has enough playing time that we've heard the proper pronunciation. And when you look it up, it still doesn't give you the proper pronunciation. Um, so yeah, it, it's, it's going to be a situation where I have the, 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 the Broncos looking at from the outside in and, and really it's going to be ugly. I mean, this is going to be the worst season of Russell, Russell Wilson's career at, at four and 13. I just, 
there's just not a lot to love about this team. The best thing I love about this team is Javante Williams. And this this could completely blow up in my face, and they could honestly go 13-4. and four. They'll be completely honest about the Broncos. But when you're trying to come together as a team, your quarterback has fallen into really bad habits over his last four years in, the, in his, in his uh, career. Mm-hmm. Not to mention he started getting injured in the last three years. Those things add up. Your offensive line can't stay fully healthy. Your best offensive lineman is Quinn Miners right now. I'm sorry, Garrett Bowles, but it's not you anymore. You can't stay healthy for a whole season. So it is Quinn Miners. Your defensive line, I have questions there. I still think Nick Benito is your best aspect of that Nick, of that defensive line next to uh, Bradley Chubb. Get those two on the same field at the same time, I think you can do some damage. But for some reason, they're putting Nick Benito as a second stringer, maybe coming in occasionally. Um, obviously, Justin Simmons is still fantastic. But there's still holes. There's aging holes on this in this cornerback room. There's aging holes in this linebacker room. I, I don't know. There's not a solid linebacker, starting middle linebacker for this team. And you're talking about it's you're going up against the hardest division in the world right now. And you're going to be going against tight ends and receivers that your your middle linebacker should be having to match up against, and you're not going to be able to match up with them. Like Justin Simmons, you can't ask Justin Simmons to cover Travis Kelsey because what's going to happen to your corners who have no help over the top now? They're, they're out of luck. So there's nobody there for the Broncos to kind of cover those aspects, and I think that's going to be a big detriment. But I also I'm, I'm going to keep going back to this Russell Wilson thing. I think he's going to he is going to be the detriment to this Broncos offense. And as much as Broncos fans are probably going to hate me for this, it's it's going to be you know. It's going to be the thing that costs them. And then and, and just looking at the comments, now nah, Russell Wilson's going to slay. Broncos <laughs> going nine and seven. So obviously, as you can tell, like uh, to my point, it's you know people obviously think that the Broncos are great, but they're not. Like in the history of the Broncos, their two winningest quarterbacks. Do you know what team they were drafted by? The Colts. I make this joke every year. <laughs> every year, every year, you make this joke, and every year I bring it up, and because it's so important, the Broncos cannot develop their own quarterbacks. The Broncos cannot bring in a, a quarterback that hasn't recently been successful for the Colts. Unless Andrew Luck's coming out of retirement, but yeah, like that's just it. Like, so I'm sorry, unless Matt Ryan or Carson Wentz was coming to your team, I wasn't really going to be super excited about whatever you're putting forth because John Elway, while he was a great quarterback, cannot find quarterback talent for this Broncos team. So I'm just going to, I'm going to stop there, but yeah, Broncos four and 13 bottom of the division. zero and six in the division against their opponents. That one obviously speaks for itself. I have no more questions. I'm going to let you roll on to number three. <laughs> yeah, sorry. That was pretty <laughs> dramatic. I know. Uh, but you know what? That's how I feel about them. Just but number three. Like yeah, exactly. That's how I should have shut up. I should have gone top to bottom in this one. <laughs> um, but no, number three, sneaking into those wild card positions. I have the LA, uh, the Las Vegas Raiders, 11-6. and six. You retool this offense. You add in another weapon in Devontae Adams to go with Hunter Renfro and Darren Waller. Josh Jacobs. As long as he can play, looks really good. Uh, David Carr or Derek Carr, we already know Derek Carr can sling it. And I'm sorry, but if Derek Carr is the guy that that Tom Brady referred to as that asshole, uh, that he's just sticking with that asshole when after this whole story broke that he was supposed to be going to Vegas with Gronk, you're choosing the wrong asshole, man. Derek Carr is a dude that can sling it with the best of them. The dude is a top ten quarterback right now in the game potentially can put himself into a top five quarterback given a, a, a quality season. Let's not forget, he's twice been in the MVP run and only to be shut down by a major injury, whether it be his back or his leg. Like, he, like he snapped his leg or broke his back. Like, those are the two things that stop him from being an MVP. And he did that without a Devontae Adams. Now you get a Devontae Adams in there, 
come on. Like, this is deadly. On top of that, their defense has gotten better. Still not perfect, but I think they still got they they still got rid of one of their biggest Achilles Hills and face on. He is no longer on their 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 cornerback roster. That means nobody can pick on him right now. He instead went to Indianapolis. So sorry, Indy fans. They will be picking on him. But he's no longer their their a corner that they're gonna be picking on. Um Trayvon Moore gets another year at safety. Uh Jeff Heath will not be playing year anytime on this this roster as well. So that's a positive for this team. Um Max Crosby is still Max Crosby. Oh, and by the way, they just happen to add Chandler Jones. Uh, it, it's just not going to be fun for opposing offenses trying to deal with this defense. Max Crosby was already getting there, not attack, not sacking anybody, but hurrying everybody, while Chandler Jones was in Arizona sacking everybody last season. So now, guess what? Max Crosby is going to hurry them into Chandler Jones' side, where Chandler Jones is going to be like, hi, guys. Thank you. This is my 20 sacks this season, and assisted on all of them is Max Crosby. So it's it's going to be dangerous for any opposing offense, um, and you know the best best weapon against a team the teams in the AFC West who have high power high power quarterbacks with high power receivers, a pass rush. So the Raiders right. have that. All right. So a lot of love for Vegas as well too. I like it as well. My one quick question: the quick one is, are you worried about their offensive line because that is not a very great unit out front? Yes, I am. But I, 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 you know what? I doubted them last year with Derek Carr and not having a head coach, and he proved me wrong every step of the way. And so, you know what? At this point in time, in Derek Carr, I trust. And in Hunter Renfro on third down, I trust. And in Devontae Adams on every other down, and Darren Waller on every other down, I trust. Like, I trust this. I trust Derek Carr to be able to lead this team better than any head coach. I do think leaving Visakia to walk away was a mistake, but we'll see what Josh McDaniels can do. I think it'll be okay. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So we have the Chiefs and the Chargers left at the top. Curious to see how you have this one playing out. So I have the Chiefs going, finishing second. I'm just going to go ahead and rip the mandate off and say it. Finishing 11 and 6 as well, but they struggle because they have a tough start to their season. I mean, it is a tough start to their season. Um, and so I have them ending up 11 and 6, but they do go 4 and 2 in their division, which is what their saving grace is because they do start out in a tough, tough run of games there. Um, and Again, you lose somebody like Tyreek Hill, you're going to have to revamp your offense, and that's the, the biggest reason why I have them starting out. So you're revamping your offense, trying to figure it out. You brought Ronald Jones in, which is nice, but you still have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. You still have everybody there in the in that backfield. Uh, so it's going to be kind of, it's when they first figured out this offense, and we've kind of seen it in the preseason. It's very slow, methodical. There's not the uh, the old wasp play that they they showed on NFL films. Um, you don't get that wasp play where it's just Tyreek Hill, just go long. Just, just burn somebody. You don't have that anymore. Uh, so you have to figure out a way to get your way down the field, and they, you know, they can do that. I do think though this defense has retooled, and I think a big part of their the reason why I have them finishing above the Raiders, besides just beating them in the division, it's George Karloftis. I think he's going to be fantastic for this defense. He's shown it already in preseason. That pass rush ability of his is just strong, powerful to the quarterback. It's it's fantastic to watch. Um, so yeah, I have the Chiefs here. 11 and 6, they're going to figure it out, but it is going to start out ugly for the Chiefs. I, that's how I had it projected out. So, fair warning if you're a Chiefs fan, the first part of your season, it might be a little hairy. What do you think about the new receiving core? You lose out on Tyree Kill, but you have the Juju Smith Schuster, Valdez Scantling, and Sky Moore. Do you think it, do you think they still have some issues with the receiving core early? Or do you think they can come out of the gate running and just basically spread them and forget them? I think it's going to look different, but I do think this receiving core got overall better, which sounds really blasphemous considering you lost Tyreek Hill. 
But I think Sky Moore, his abilities, his talents fit really well with this, with what they're doing with this new offense. I think Juju is a fantastic. He's like Tyreek. He's like uh, not Tyreek. He's like Travis Kelsey, but as a receiver, like get to the sticks, get the ball. You're getting. You, you, nobody's going to stop you. Uh, slants are going to be an option now for Patrick Mahomes. He never had that option before. Really, they never ran slants unless it was like a, you know, fake a bubble screen then slant off of it type of a situation. They never really had a guy who could just run slants. And then when they did, Sammy Watkins, he torched teams in the Super Bowl. You know, and so I think add that to Patrick Mahomes' repertoire. And again, Sky Moore can go out and get it. Like he can just run past defenses as well. So I do think this receiving core got better overall. But again, it's gonna it's it's adaptive. It's 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 better in a different way. Like, yeah, they still would have been good with Tyreek Hill, but I think overall this is getting better. And I think it's going to better showcase Patrick Mahomes' full talent scale, not so much just I can throw the ball really, really far. Okay. So. Uh, all right, so they have the Chiefs finishing number two. So that means you have a new king in the West. New king in the West, the old California sunshine kid himself that is Justin Herbert, even though he's from Oregon. I'm going to hmm. call him this out, California sunshine kid. Anyways, um, just because he looks like a surfer dude. like He looks he like looks, he's a laid-back surfer dude. Uh, so, yeah, I give me the Chargers here. Uh, Justin Herbert is going to be fantastic. I think we keep seeing the, resur- the the surgeons, I should say, of Mike Williams. Not a resurgence, a surgeons of Mike Williams um, there. I do think he is playing fantastic. He might, again, blasphemy warning here, he might potentially usurp Keenan Allen as a number one option by the end of the season. Heads up out there for your fantasy gurus. Um, Some people Austin say Eckler, last year too. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if that's fair. Austin Eckler is going to be fantastic yet again. Uh, their backup, Justin Johnson, is Justin Johnson? Justin Jackson? Jackson. Jackson. Justin Jackson, sorry. Uh, he is still fantastic. Like, he doesn't play enough that obviously I can't remember his last name, but at the same time, when he does play, he's a very effective runner. He's, he's like kind of just that power type scat back they need. He doesn't really do one thing really well, he does it all decently. So I, I think he's exactly what Austin Eckler needs as a spellback. Um, I do think Donald Parham coming back from that horrific injury at the last after last season, I think he, he can come back in and, and make some waves again at tight end. Um, and I think that's a part that's going to be overlooked is his ability as a six foot seven tight end to just be big. Um, their defense getting better and better. So Derwin James is still in my eyes top three safety. Period. <laughs> no questions asked. If you said he was number one, I'd be like, okay. You said he's number three. All right. Maybe he could be a little higher. Depends on who's, who you have ahead of him. Like it depends on what conversation we're having here, but definitely top three safety in with no questions asked. Uh, you get bookend rushers. I, I don't think you could ask for much more. This team is just filled in all the right positions at the right times. And you know what? Uh, I, I just love the growth. I love the growth of this team all, all around. And I think the Chargers. We're going to see them do well. It's going to be five and one in the division. They want their one loss in the division. They split with the Chiefs. And that's just how I have that breaking down. Um, so it's not like a perfect sweep of the Chiefs. That would be ideal, right? But it's never mm-hmm. going to be that way. But I do have them 14 and three overall. So I do have this team looking real, really, really good. They're not really shocking anybody now, but they're definitely going to light the league on fire, sounds like. So go ahead and recap your AFC West for us, how you have it shaken out. Yeah. So the AFC West, I'm going to go from bottom to top. Broncos four and thirteen just doesn't work out for them. Raiders eleven and six sneaking into a wild card berth. Chiefs eleven and six also getting into the wild card, and the Chargers taking the division and the number one overall AFC seed at fourteen and three. All right, they're very interesting. So in, in a similar fashion for the AFC West, I was walking a similar path, but definitely got out some different shoes for this one. So we're going to go ahead and start at the bottom. I also have the Broncos at the bottom of the division. 
but I don't have it being a miserable season for him. I have them going nine and eight and just missing the playoffs. A lot of things you mentioned, Russell Wilson does not help his offensive lines. Sometimes he helps them. Other times he runs into sacks and makes it worse. I look at the receiving core. They're really, I think they're really good. I don't think they fit his play style. Cortland Sutton, a good deep threat, probably will be okay. Jerry Judy can get deep. He can run, but his strongest skill set is how smooth he is in getting in and out of breaks, toasting people on those in patterns, out patterns, curls, things like that. Not Russell Wilson's forte. You mentioned the middle of the field is basically irrelevant a lot of the time, it feels like. And Nathaniel Hackett, first-year head coach, coming over from Green Bay. He's already said they're kind of adapting the offense for Russell Wilson's skill set. I'm curious how much they're adapting. Defensively, I love Patrick Sertan the second. He's fantastic. Justin Simmons, that's a good secondary. The front line, I like Bradley Chubb. He can stay healthy. I like Nick Bonito and Randy Gregory. It's a pretty solid core if they can all stay healthy. That is the question as well, too. So there's a lot of questions with Denver as well. I'm going 9-8 and eight for a lot of the same reasons. You play the AFC West, you play the NFC West. That is tough. Like You don't have anything easy for a first-year head coach, a first-year quarterback, and some interestingly fit-together pieces, I guess, if that makes sense. All the other teams have some form of continuity. This is the one with the least amount of continuity. I think that's what's going to hurt them as well because I'm not sure the pieces fit together perfectly to just kind of go in there and run away from three of the seven best teams in the game, arguably, right away, twice a year. Yeah. I I have a question about Patrick Sertan. I'm glad you mentioned him because that was the one corner I couldn't think of in my head. Um, do you think he continues his 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 growth, or do you think this is a year because of the talent he's going up against that we may see a drop in statistical talent? But like like overall, you could see he'll he'll grow talented. But like, do you think this is when we see a drop in statistics or a, a raise in, in statistics? Both stats will probably drop in some spots. Like, oh, he gave up more yards. He gave up more catches. Like those advanced stats and stuff like that. But when you watch the games, you'll see him break up passes at Avanti. You'll see him randomly completely blanket Keenan Allen here and there. Like he'll still. He'll have plenty of really good moments. He'll be he'll be just fine. I mean, he's not going to be perfect. He's not going to be 2007 Darrell Revis. That's like no one's anticipating right. that. But I think he'll prove he'll prove he'll prove his worth as well too. He'll he'll give up some plays. Devontae will catch him a few times, but he'll catch Devontae a few times. Like he'll he'll be fine. He'll be fine. Good. Okay. So the reverse Trayvon Diggs from last year. So like statistically, where Trayvon Diggs looked good, but when watching reality, he's giving up all those yards. And this is going to be kind of a reverse situation where he may not statistically have all the stats, but shutting maybe not shutting down but limiting a number one receiver he'll be a little bit in the middle for both he won't get nearly as many picks we won't give up nearly as many bombs either so that's why i have the broncos finishing at number four with that as well so number three i also have the raiders but i have them going a very very efficient 12 and 5 i think they're going to be really good i think this offense can lead the league in scoring super easily Devonte adams still the best receiver in football arguably if not one b Derek carr can sling it with the best of them Josh McDaniels, I like him in this second stint as a head coach. Obviously, it was a mistake the first one. I think he did learn a lot from that. We'll have to wait and see. But I think well, you bring not, him in. Actually, technically a third head, third stint, let's be honest. Technically the third stint a head coach. Fair, fair play as well, too. But I think it can work out in that regard as well, too. You get a quarterback you can trust. You don't have to try and groom a young kid which we or anything like that, which we saw he can do. He, I think his scheming, like what we saw in New England, is going to mask a lot of those offensive line deficiencies. Using those running backs, I think Josh Jacobs and Samir White out of Georgia, I think those two guys are going to have a lot of fun in the passing game. Darren Waller, we know all the way about. Hunter Renfro, like they, they're they loaded. The easiest job is going to be that third receiver who plays on the outside opposite Devontae, but not in the slot with Hunter Renfro. That is going to be the easiest receiver job, whoever they give that to, whether whoever it may be, because no one's even going to be paying attention to you whatsoever. You should easily yeah. be able to score. It should be so much fun. I can line up out there. The only way I wouldn't work is if they got me confused with Hunter Renfro, but... I think there's a lot to be had out there. Honestly, the only thing I could see stopping them offensively is injuries. 
or Josh McDaniels going full Bill Bill Belichick and trying to trade away one of those weapons for something completely irrelevant as well too. Like maybe they trade away Hunter Renfro to the Browns because Deshaun Watson has yet to win anything without a Clemson receiver. I don't know. Maybe something like that happens. So other than that, I don't see too many ways to stop this offense as long as Derek Carr plays like he did last year. If not that, you know, I respect that. And I'm glad you brought up the Hunter Renfro potential trade conversation. It was a because joke and if, they just resigned him, but yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you know, they just resigned him. But if they if, if if let's say something goes off the rails of this Raiders team, do you see them actually potentially trying to trade a Hunter Renfro or maybe one of Darren their Waller if they trade anybody since the contract's coming up as well, too? Like the most I'll expensive say, at this point. Waller, they also have Jacobs as well with the with the contract coming up with Zamir White's resurgence. So I think they just got rid of Kenyon Drake. That's why I think they're keeping Josh Jacobs. I thought it was weird because they ran the heck out of him in that first preseason game. It's like, why do you do that to your starting running back? But I think releasing Kenyon Drake's freeing up that cap space, figuring all that out. I think it shows they want Josh Jacobs to work one more year, give him this year to figure it out since they didn't pick up his fifth year option. And they do have Zamir White if it doesn't work as well, too. So I think that was kind of their contingency plan. And maybe they pick up like a random scat back, third down type back later on as well, too. So I think I feel like there's a contingency plan in place, though. But I think Josh Jacobs will he'll at least start the season as the as the starting running back. But don't be surprised no, as you said, Zamir White gets some burn. So we have That's the Raiders right. at twelve and five. Who honestly, with their record, if you put them anywhere else, they'd probably win like five other divisions if they didn't have to deal with this division where they sit number three. Number two, I have the Chiefs as well, but I have them at thirteen and four. I think it's a very similar story to the Raiders. I think they run. You mentioned it's a tough start to the season. I think there'll be a little bit of rough points there, but just like last year, something will click at some point and they'll be virtually unstoppable. We saw it last year. They learned you didn't have to go bombs away every single play to win and score points, and they scored a you-know-what load of points for the rest of the year, and they were incredibly efficient. Now without the Tyree kill threat, constantly in the – it's kind of like you – if you're Patrick kind of you're like, man, I know he's out there somewhere. I know I can get it to him. You know, I'm, I'm going to try. I'm going to try. I don't care if there's three safeties over the top. I'm going to do it. Now I think it's like, all right, I got to try not to force it to Travis Kelsey when he's double-teamed, which is a – Higher win proposition, considering that's going to be usually either a seam or like a short post or something like that. Juju, we talk about him running slants. Let's not forget, he has, he's like the only guy with, two, I think, in league history, two touchdowns of 95-plus yards. So he can also get deep on top of that. Valdez Scantling, a 6'4 guy that can run like that. Nicole Hartman can still run. Ronald Jones, they have that improved offensive line. Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. It's a plethora of weapons. I think it's going to be... Just split them and get them at this point as well. So they're just going to line up four or five wide and back. All right, Patrick, just pick it apart. Don't don't overthink it. I think it's going to be really simple. So give me the Chiefs at 13-4 and four and the defense. Justin Reed, George Karloftis, Chris Jones, a much improved defense too. I was just about to ask you about Justin Reed because you've been a big proponent that he is a much much improved piece in that secondary, obviously, with the loss of, of Honey Badger. Do you think the loss of Honey Badger is going to be – detrimental at any point in time or do you think that justin reed and and what else they brought into this defense will actually kind of addition by subtraction situation uh i think justin reed will prove to be just fine field wise some of that leadership and those intangible things will probably be tough which is where i think those early parts of the season especially some of those tough division games how they could catch him but i think they'll be okay overall so but i do think justin reed's a very very good safety that not a lot of people have known about because houston no one cares about houston justin reed is really really good and he's a backup kicker if you need him Exactly. He can let it rip it with the best of them as well, too. So, And at number one, similar to you, I have the Chargers at the top 14 and three, but I think it's going to be different. I don't think it's going to be a bomb show like everyone expects. I think with their additions to the offensive line, drafting the guard as well to go with Corey Lindsley, Rashawn Slater, Brian Isaiah Spiller, I think they're going to be incredibly balanced. I don't think it's going to be Justin Herbert 5,000 yards. I think it's going to be fewer yards, similar touchdowns, a little higher completion percentage, fewer turnovers. If you're fourth and sevens at your 20-yard line and Baron Staley says go for it, why not? I think that defense is 
kind of built more in his image now, bringing in like Sebastian Joseph Day, some bigger guys that help stop the run so they can actually not give up some, not get gashed. Because you could tell he, when he built the defense, come in, he had a plan to build the defense long term and short term, it kind of suffered last year. Bringing Khalil Mack to go with Joey Bosa and Khalil Mack, a fantastic run stop. We forget those first two years. He just ate the run. He didn't really get sacks. And then he turned into the defensive player of the year caliber guy he is. JC Jackson, the other corner. Now to go with Asante Samuel Jr., Derwin James over the top. You could put eight in the box so easily and just have those three cover five guys. That, that defense is going to be phenomenal. <laughs> yeah. I think they're going to be a 14 and three as well. It's going to be a dominant team, but in a kind of like the Packers were a couple this last year where Aaron Rodgers was fantastic, but as a team, they just kind of pieced up everybody in ways that it wasn't just Aaron Rodgers bombs away like it was two years ago, if that makes sense. Yeah. No, that makes sense. I, I love the, I love the Chargers. And you mentioned JC Jackson, obviously. Huge pick. Uh, has has there been a more dominant random pickup in free agency? Do you think in the most recent years? Because I feel like this is one of those pickups that just like it came out of nowhere almost in, in a lot of ways. It was ways. surprising that they let him walk because no, it was that's what was I think was most surprising. I mean maybe maybe still I don't I don't know. Considering he's still young in his prime, it's a heck of a pickup too. So you know it's a great pickup for the Chargers, and then you get Khalil Mack. Like there's no reason barring injury, this team can't win at least twelve games, if not four. I'm going fourteen because I think. I think all cylinders will be clicking. And Brandon Staley, I think he learned a lot last year as far as when to use analytics, when not to, when how good his team is, what his team needs. Like I think he learned a lot last year. So quick recap of my AFC West here. Broncos bringing up the seller at 9-8. and eight. The Raiders, a respectable, but sitting third at 12-5, of course, making the playoffs with 12 wins. The Chiefs, 13-4, second in the division, but also making the playoffs. And the Chargers at 14-3, and three, leading this division. And if, in case you've been keeping track, they will be my number one seed in the AFC as well, too. A fantastic division with a fantastic set of teams as well, too. So, Kelsey, we're at the very back end of the show really quick. Run th- we're going to run through our fantasy players to watch out for. I'm going to let you do AFC and NFC West back-to-back, so I'll let you go and go first. Yeah, so I'll run it with AFC West first. I'm going to go bottom of the top, just like I did my rankings. So, bottom, Broncos. I'm looking at Javante Williams, obviously, to be your fantasy player to watch. I feel like he's going to be the most consistent guy out there. Uh, for the Raiders, I'm looking at Hunter Renfro. While all the other weapons are focused on Darren Waller and Devontae Adams, Hunter Renfro, third and Renfro, just going to find his way open at any point in time. It's going to be first down, and Hunter Renfro is going to break off a, a 20-yard gain. He's just he is abusing corners right now. He abused the best slot corner in the game last year in Kenny Moore. Uh, I, there's nobody even close to Kenny Moore as far as that talent goes right now. And, I mean, if he's abusing him that much, it's going to be hard to see what he does to anybody else. Um, you just cover your eyes if, if you're going against Hunter Renfro at this point in time. Uh, Chiefs, I got Clyde Edwards-Hilaire. I know they brought Ronald Jones in, but I still have Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as the guy to watch. I think he's still going to take over this backfield. He's surprisingly good in a lot of ways. His pass blocking is going to get him there on a lot of passing down, so maybe he sneaks out of the backfield. Gets 10, 20 yards uh, per pop. So watch for Clyde Edwards-Hilaire as well, especially PPR leagues. And then for the Chargers, I talked about Mike Williams essentially usurping Keenan Allen. Well, that's your guy to watch is Mike Williams. Give me Mike Williams just – Look, go up and get it at certain times, but he also runs some of these snappiest routes out there. I mean, some of these digs are just on a dime. And you talk about former Clemson receivers. Oh, just shout out Mike Williams, the one that everybody kind of forgot about. They don't, they're not forgetting about it now, that's for sure. So we got your AFC West. Let's go ahead and hear what you're looking at for NFC West. So NFC West, again, bottom to top, starting with the Seahawks. I'm going to go back with Tyler Lockett. I rode the train last year. It's disappointed because of the injury to Russ. Tyler Lockett is going to get back on track, and it is a matter of time. And I do think this season, when they're going to be struggling with the rotation of, of quarterbacks, they're all going to be looking for that one guy that just gets open. And I'm sorry that guy is not DK Metcalf. He takes time to get open. It is going to be Tyler Lockett. 
uh, that's going to be your, the, the guy to look out for. And especially with a rotational running back core, I don't know who's going to be there. So give me, give me Tyler Lockett for the Seahawks. For the 49ers, guys have been getting a lot of burn in, in preseason, a lot of talk, kind of looking like Debo did last preseason, and that's Brandon Ayuk, a guy who I think is going to be the ride or die for, for Trey Lance at this point in time. I don't think Debo is going to have the same performance, and I think Brandon Ayuk is going to pick up some of that slack, and he's going to carry this team to a respectable 8-9 and nine record. Um, I do, don't think it's going to be Elijah Mitchell. I don't think it's going to be anybody else, but I do think Brandon Ayuk is going to be the one to step up this time. It's his turn, basically. Uh, the Cardinals mm-hmm. talked about the loss of Christian Kirk, talked about all these other receivers that just, you know, are, what are you going to get? D-Hop's not going to play for the first couple weeks of the season, so you're going to have to have a backup run, or backup receiver that's going to be normally a slot. Well, that's Rondell Moore. So give me Rondell Moore. Again, last season killed it when he started when he came in came in as a rookie. Absolutely tore up the league the first five weeks of the season. Look for him to continue to do that this this early part of the season, if not late as well. And so give me Rondell Moore. And at number one uh, for the Rams, Cam Akers. He was fantastic with a torn Achilles last year, coming off of the torn Achilles way too early last year. Now fully healthy. I'm excited to see what he can do. So give me Cam Akers as the guy to watch. Absolutely. It's a great list of guys to look out for. I'm going to go ahead and go from top to bottom. We'll start with the AFC as well, too. I'm going to start at the top and work my way down for the Chargers. Give me Isaiah Spiller. I think there's going to be a running back by committee. I think everybody's going to eat because they're going to kill a lot of clock when they're ahead. So look for Isaiah Spiller in either like a dynasty league or maybe a late third round flex type guy. For the Chiefs, I'm going with Ronald Jones because I think he's going to get a lot of work in the passing game. As good as Clyde Edwards hilarious, Ronald Jones has that extra burst. He has a little extra something, something. He can get going, and I'm worried about Clyde Edwards hilarious staying healthy. And Jones is a bigger back too. For the Raiders, Keeping it simple, Devontae Adams, I think he's going to bounce back. I think he's going to have Derek Carr throughout the year. Look for him to be a touchdown-making machine because Derek Carr was a beautiful fade route, one, two, three fade route. Did it with Michael Crabtree, did it with Amari Cooper. Now he has a guy he can do that to again. Look for Devontae Adams to have north of 14 touchdowns easily this year if everyone stays healthy. And then at the, for the Broncos, I got Corlin Sutton. He's the closest thing to a receiver that fits as the Russ MO, so I think he's going to get a lot of bombs away as well, too. I think he'll, he'll get double-digit touchdowns if they can stay healthy. Moving over to the NFC West. Now I'm going to start top to bottom here as well. For the Rams, give me Allen Robinson. I think there's he's going to have a bunch of catches. He's going to have north of a thousand yards, double digit touchdowns. He's just going to eat. You can't. He's not. Teams are going to regret putting their small five foot nine number two corner on him real quickly. For the Cardinals, if he doesn't face any legal trouble, I look for Hollywood Brown to get loose for this team, especially when Diop comes back and they start to roll coverage to him. Good luck covering Hollywood Brown deep down the field. We saw what he did with Lamar. Kyler's arguably a better thrower than Lamar, of the ball than Lamar is with a similar scrambling ability as far as getting loose to throw it. Number three for the 49ers, give me George Kittle. I think they're going to scheme up a lot of easy things for Trey Lance, trying to make it easy for him as well to not try and put too much on his plate. That means a little diddle diddle to George Kittle over the middle. Very simple. Then for the Seahawks, I think Kenneth Walker is going to become the guy down the stretch. So give me Kenneth Walker, maybe not early in the season, but down the back half, look for him to assert himself as that number one running back for the Seahawks. So that's what I'm looking at for fancy players to look out for in the West. And Kelsey, we've had a wild ride here going division by division. We're not quite done yet though, because next week we got playoffs. Playoffs. It's queuing you up perfect for us. So next we know who's going to go where we know how the records play out next week. We'll tell you where they're seeding in is how we have the playoffs playing out and some postseason awards. So, before we get out of here, just a quick shout out to our friends over at Run Your Pool. You want to click the link in our bio, join our Survivor League as well, too. 
The winner of our league will get some nice quality prizes at the end of the year. So you don't want to miss out on that as well, too. It'll be me, but you could compete for second place nonetheless as well, too. Pick a team, they win, you move on. Pick the team, they, they lose, you are out. If they win, though, you can't pick them again. So you can't pick the Bills or the Bucks every single week. You got to pick wisely. So that'll do it for us here at the High Low Sports Podcast. DJ joined, as always, by Kelsey. Be sure to join us next Wednesday for our playoff predictions and postseason award predictions as we head into the NFL regular season just a couple of weeks away. We will see you guys next week. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner.